0: Watch Marry Me. You, I'll
1: marry you.
0: Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma. Featuring a new song, On My Way, by Jennifer Lopez. Marry Me, directed by Kat Koira. rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under
1: 13. Streaming now, only on Peacock. Sign up now. Visit PeacockTV.com.
0: Welcome back, Bayside! They're taking school spirit... The fun's just getting started! ...to the max. This is gonna be awesome! Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. It's still gonna be damage!
1: Welcome, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Still Realtor Show. Episode number 596, July 15th, 2021. This is your WWE Money in the Bank preview and predictions edition of SRTU. I'm one after the show. I am Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my co-host, the one and only Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey, for the first time since March 2020... Fans will be back in all wrestling arenas this weekend, my friend.
0: It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, hopefully, um, no disappointments uh, with due, you know with fights due to injuries. Hopefully, everybody's ankles stay intact. But you know, just the the, the brief preview of what you know, having crowds back in the buildings been like over the last couple of weeks with AEW and. You know, going back to the previous W pay per view, I'm, I'm just blown away. I'm excited. I'm, I just can't wait to see how it all works out.
1: Yeah, so AEW's been running with fans for a little bit here. WWE will have fans. ROH just had fans back for one of their pay per views. Impact Wrestling Slamversary this Saturday, they're going to have fans back in the arena and for their TV taping. So all the major promotions here, are basically, the United States, with the exception of maybe NWA. Uh, we'll have fans back in the arena for the first time uh, since March 2020. It, it's, it's, uh, it's a joy to see. There is uh, certainly a lot to talk about that. But before we begin into the show, uh, a little pre-show conversation here. Dr. Trey was telling me that uh, once we wrap up this week's edition of the podcast, he's going to go watch the show low-key on Disney+. And I was going to ask him this off here, but I was like, you know what? Why don't we save this on here? Because there's got to be people out there just like me, Dr. Trey, that are kind of in the same boat. Um, I am not done with all the uh, MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Do I need to watch all those movies before I get into those shows?
0: Um, so I would say WandaVision, yeah, you'd probably need to see the last Avengers movie, the, the Avengers Endgame. Um, Captain America Winter Soldier, probably not as long as you kind of know like where they left off and loki i mean it, it does so everything kind of does tie into the previous movies but it's not they don't do it to where the point of oh man like if you've never seen any of these or if you haven't seen all of them you're gonna be lost like there is a little bit of a tie-in to it um but they do they do well enough to stand on their own um for the for a casual viewer. just kind of like i mean not just similar from wrestling like you can pick up a WWE show and you're just like, oh, you enjoy the show for what it is. But if you know the history and, you know, how all the stories intertwine, you get that deeper understanding and appreciation for it.
1: All right. And, and being someone that's you've watched all these movies then I assume.
0: Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, when you have kids and they're teenagers, they all love it, too. But, yeah, I am kind of a nerd for, for all this stuff. So I think I've seen. Yeah, I think I've seen every movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: Now, do you watch them in chronological order? Or do you watch them in the order that they were released?
0: I watched them. Well, like I, I just watched them in the order they the release. I have okay. never, I have not, I'm not at that point yet to go back and binge watch all the movies in order because there are some, I'm not gonna lie. There are some movies in there that I don't want to see again. Cause I didn't think they were that good to begin with. Um, but you know, I just kind of watched them as they came out. And then, you know, you're sitting at home on a Tuesday night and there's nothing going on. And you know, you're like, okay, I can watch NXT or Hey, you know, Dr. Strange is on TBS. I I might flip back and forth. You know, so I I just kind of watch them as they come, and depending on what we have going on that day.
1: Because I feel like that's like a Star Wars argument all the time. It's like people are like, no, watch them from episode one to the last episode, or you watch them the way that they were released. It's like, it's this big thing with the Marvel ones as well. So I think it's like 20 movies I have to watch, right?
0: Yeah, I don't think the Marvel fans are as bad as the Star Wars fans. Um Cause like Captain Marvel just came out like a couple years ago, like probably four years ago. And technically it would be like the third movie in the timeline. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to go back and watch the first two to put this one in its place and then watch 17 more. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I have a, I have a, I have a logical brain that can just take that movie and fit it in to the timeline where it should go without having to go back and rewatch, you know, the other 20 movies.
1: All right, there you go. I'm sure many people figuring heading into Money in the Bank, WWE Universe returning, that they did not think we were going to kick off with a little MCU discussion here to kick off the podcast. But that's where we're at right now. Feel free to chime in. Ask uh, uh, questions for MCU to Dr. Trey, at the Dr. Trey on Twitter. All right, Dr. Trey, uh, this past Monday night, we said farewell to an old friend. An old friend who's been around since, uh, I think, the Friday before SummerSlam last year, almost a full year, uh, the WWE Thunderdome. In it, we also said goodbye to the era of the WEPC tapings from Raw and SmackDown. And uh, tomorrow night on Friday Night SmackDown, WWE will welcome back fans for the first time since I know everybody's like, well, WrestleMania 37. But for the first time on network television since March 2020, it has been a long year. This has been something that has affected every single person in the world, every single wrestling fan. All of us have been touched and affected by the pandemic that is COVID-19. And uh, despite some of the the news that you see out there, there is that light at the end of the tunnel where on tomorrow night, on SmackDown, fans will be back in the arena in Houston, Texas, and we're going to get back to, quote, normal, a little bit of normal. And hopefully this normal lasts forever again, and we never have to go through this again. This is... This is a big, big moment. Um, it, it's it's a moment of hope. It's a moment of, of feeling comfortable again. And, and, you know, personally speaking, there has definitely been a lot more comfortability in my life than there was a year ago at this time. Uh, Vince McMahon tweeted out a video about a two-minute and, like, 30-second video of hyping the fans back up for tomorrow night. And it it's one of those videos like WWE, you know, there's plenty of critics out there, but there's nobody better that does like video production than WWE. Like it gives you chills. And it makes you remember and enjoy these moments that they capture in these videos and how important the fans were. We're certainly seeing that with AEW right now, the last two weeks. Just the amount of energy that's on that show right now. Even if the shows aren't great, like I didn't think Fighter Fest was amazing last night, but Just the energy. It's just so much fun. And that's what we need again. We need to feel like that energy through our television, uh, back to us at home, and feel that excitement, feel that happiness. And uh, you get that more than you see like wrestling plants, uh, wrestlers who are plants in the crowd for fans during AEW or virtual screens in the Thunderdome. Um, It's got to be a big night. And we're welcoming back these fans, Dr. Trey. And it's It's exciting. It's it's given us some hope, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. This is like the last piece of the puzzle to see WWE fans back in the building. It's been a long time coming, but we're here, Doctor Trey. There were plenty of times during this last year and a half I didn't know when we would ever see this again, but here we are, finally. Tomorrow night, July 16th, Friday night SmackDown, Houston, Texas. Fans are back in the building. How are you feeling about this?
0: Oh, I'm excited. And, and I'll tell you right now, if, if the people in Houston that show up for SmackDown tomorrow night don't bring it, uh, they're going to be like at the, they're going to be instantly pushed down to the very bottom of the list of, of fans, you know, cities of fans that like we have. Like there are certain cities and, and you and I have been doing this show long enough. There are certain hotbed cities that when, when WWE, AEW, TNA, who, whatever show runs that town, the crowd's phenomenal. And then there are other areas, and you and I have talked about this before, that they'll run a show and the crowd's tepid. And they're like, oh, yay, politeness, that type of thing. Houston's typically a really, really good wrestling crowd. And they better be on point. Like, we are expecting, you know, all you know, we're expecting WWE to kind of pull out all the stops tomorrow night uh, to welcome everybody back in. And if that crowd is not on point and fired up, I mean, they need to check their polls because they're not living. Like, this is, like, the kickoff. If you're a wrestling fan, this is the kickoff to feel that excitement, feel that energy, feel that power. You know, all the stuff that Big E says. This is Tomorrow night is that night. If you, if you don't bring it tomorrow night, you are not a wrestling fan because we're all expecting to feel that jolt of electricity when that crowd goes live. And you see the, the pyro goes off and the music hits and they pan the crowd like they typically do. Like, I, I am super stoked, and I I really hope the city of Houston, those fans are as well.
1: Are we expecting WWE to do something special to open up that edition of, of SmackDown? I mean, you, did you have you had a chance yet to see that video? I know you were working all day, Dave. Did you see that hype video from Vince McMahon that he tweeted out?
0: No, I haven't seen it yet. But, I, I mean, I, I do expect them to, you know, pull out some stuff, pull out some tricks. I mean, this is... You know the kickoff to the the, you know, the road to SummerSlam, with the, with the crowd being back in there. This it's the it's the go home show to Money in the Bank, which is arguably you know it's it's in the upper tier. Of, I mean, it's probably the top B pay per view that we have. At one point, you and I sat here and discussed whether it was actually if it had actually touched the top four and become big five. Uh, you know, like to me, I, I just kind of feel like. They're gonna pull out all the stops. I mean, it's gonna—you're gonna have energy. You're probably going to have a little bit of nostalgia, a little bit of a surprise. It's, it's gonna be all over the place tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to it.
1: So, March eleventh, two thousand twenty, Wednesday, March eleventh, two thousand twenty. WWE NXT was airing from the Performance Center with fans in the uh, in the audience. AEW was um, airing from Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah, for uh, AEW Dynamite that that night. Obviously, that's when the world shut down. Uh, shortly thereafter, on the thirteenth, that Friday. SmackDown aired from the WWE Performance Center. And I'll never forget it. Uh, Triple H opening up the show. And uh, he hit the, I don't remember the exact words he said, but basically what he was saying was, we know what's going on in the world. And, and for at least the next two hours, let's sit back, relax, and let us take your mind off things right now. And remember there was matches with like uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross taking on, I think Sasha Banks and Bayley. And they did a tag team match and it was surreal. I think it was the first match on that on that night. And it was an empty crowd, and it was ominous, it was eerie, it was strange, it was hard to uh, comprehend. It was like a must-see television because you never thought you'd see this in your life. And I remember that there was, you know, the wrestlers kind of gave some of these um, reporters crap because they had tweeted out pictures of, during the commercial breaks, all four women just kind of standing in the ring. They they weren't continuing to work in the match. And they got pretty pissed off about it. And it was like, you know, I don't think we need to give the WWE stars at this point grief for trying to, you know, traveling during these insane times just to put on entertainment for us. And that was the beginning of it. I have no idea thought when I sat down that night and watched it. I thought it was just going to be a couple of weeks. Uh, I thought WrestleMania was threatened. I didn't think that we would go from March, Friday, March 13th, 2020 until friday july 16th 2021 to have fans back in the arena for their network television shows of raw and smackdown i mean could you imagine if we could look into a crystal ball dr trey because i think we broke that down on that episode like the night the day before on march 12th that that air that edition of smackdown was going to air could you imagine if you and i sat down that night when we recorded the show and were like hey the next time they're going to be in the arena will be july 16th 2021 our minds would have been blown at that point
0: yeah, I don't. I don't really think anybody knew in those early days like what we were about to get into. Is there and go, hey, so 16 months later, like there are kids who were not even conceived when that show aired who have now been born in that time span and and probably damn near walking. I mean, yeah. seven months. I mean, they're I mean, it's 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 close. I mean, how the world has changed so drastically just during the last 16 months. And even now that we're kind of getting back to normal because we were in pandemic mode for so long, the old normal now feels strange. You know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a brave new world that we've encountered. And now we're trying to readjust to and <clears throat> to look at this and go, yeah, if you had told me back in March that this whole thing was gonna last 16 months, I would have been like, uh, can I just go ahead and check out now? Do we have one of those hyperbolic chambers I can go to sleep in and just wake me up when it's over? Like it, it, it's crazy to think how we all just kind of hunkered down, adapted, and powered through it all, um, and managed to maintain a sense of sanity through it all. And wrestling was, even though wrestling was different and odd and strange, you know, it, it, it allowed us to survive. But you know, like you said, like those those early editions of of SmackDown and, and even AEW. Like it was, I don't want to say it was like watching a car crash because it didn't have that shock value in that, but it was kind of like watching just like a really bad movie on Netflix and having moments where you're like, eh, it's, it's not so bad, but when you get done, you're like, did I really just sit here and watch the whole thing? Because you didn't know if you were entertained, you didn't know what if if you should be applauding them for the matches or. It was just like, hey, thanks for giving it the old college try. Like, we really did not – nobody had an understanding really of what they're watching and how to really appreciate it or dissect it or critique it or what. Like, we just – there were no answers, only just more questions.
1: Yeah, I think you just hit the nail on the head. As as I was thinking there, you know, you think about the last 16 months and it was really, really difficult – to sit there and try to figure out if you were, what you were watching on television was a match of the year candidate because it was missing that main ingredient. For me, time and time again, the thing that really like, brings you in deeper to it's just, just like anything, right? If you're watching a, a ball game, a sports game of your favorite team, you're not there and a big moment happens. You could feel that energy from the stadium, especially the home team, onto your television of a very big moment. Um, like I can remember times when I watched Gargano and Cole. When they were doing the two out of three falls match in New York, like you knew that was a match of your canon because you were feeling it at home. And the crowd in the arena was giving you back the same emotion and the feelings that you were having as well. So it was eradicating both back and forth. Like you're feeling this. Okay. I'm, I'm into this match. There's these very few moments, uh, just a couple times a year where you like find yourself completely blocking off blinders on in the world and you're knee deep in a wrestling match. You're watching it take place. And it's something special, match of the year candidate. And that was hard to do in the past year because you didn't know that. When I think about matches in the last 16 months, to me, that were match of the year candidates, there was crowds there. Like, for WWE, I love Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. And the reason why was because they were feeding off the energy of the crowd. The energy of the crowd was telling me back at home, this is a special moment. And it wasn't like that inauthentic, this is awesome. No, we knew this was a special moment. And you were missing that. There were times where you're like sitting there and you're watching some of these matches. I remember Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley from Backlash a year ago. And you watch that show and you're like, this is a phenomenal match. Actually, And then there was one, too. It was uh, Actually, it may have been Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins after WrestleMania, which would have been, maybe that was Backlash. I forget now. But we talked about that match. We're like, could you imagine? I remember vividly both of us saying, could you imagine if there was a crowd there? They would have been eating this up, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. Is a great match, but you really could only just go off the athleticism and what you were feeling to say, yeah, that's that's a match of the year, cannon right there. You, you truly didn't know, and we missed out on a lot of those moments. Young Bucks versus FTR. Could you imagine if a crowd was there? Um, you know, Kenny Omega defeating John Moxley to win the championship. Could you imagine if a crowd was there? We missed these moments. We we missed them, and we'll never get them back. The last year allowed us to persevere and overcome and adapt to some really awful times, ones that I hope we never, ever see in my lifetime or in human civilization ever again. But professional wrestling got us through it. And while AEW has had fans back, ROH had fans back, Impact Wrestling will have fans back on Saturday. I feel like WWE having the fans back with all due respect to the other promotions to me and being one of those last promotions to have the fans back in there is like, okay, we're moving forward as, as wrestling fans, as a sports entertainment uh, organization and and, and place. We're, we're moving forward. We're moving forward now, onward and upward, and hopefully this is the trajectory of back to normal that we've been looking for. It's going to be an exciting night. I'm pumped for it. You should be as well. And I, I would imagine WWE delivers. I, I think I'm, I'm with Dr. Trey here. I think if you're looking to the preview for this weekend – the fans are gonna have a lot of energy. They need to bring it. They should be bringing it because what have you been doing these last 16 months? And I think the wrestlers are gonna really be bringing it. You're seeing it with AEW each and every week. There's a new energy in that squared circle right now, and uh, it's fun, and it's it's a good time, and it's according reports radiating throughout all of WWE right now. As Russell votes tweeted earlier today, uh, that setup and pre production has begun in Houston on the verge of tomorrow night SmackDown return, and people are legitimately in capital letters juiced up with excitement fun stuff um we're, we're expecting new sets for ron smackdown this week dr trey the, the the pre-production team the wwe teams they're juiced up i mean it, it, this hasn't been easy for them as well i mean some of them may have lost their jobs have been laid off during this time or they're just making sure that the thunder's dome is working each and every week they're not traveling anymore they're not you know doing what they were doing beforehand Putting up, tearing down the stage. I mean, this is this is an exciting time for all of us, and I and I think it's uh, it's good for the for the soul at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, you, you know, you and I have talked about a couple weeks ago all the budget cuts, and not just you know the wrestlers, but there was cuts in the production staff and <clears throat> the online staff, and then the movie department. Like there were cuts all across the board because of this, and so now you know, getting back to doing what WWE does best. Is a good sign. And then, you know, uh, just think about the crowd there. Like, that crowd energy has always been, like, for me, the confirmation that what I'm feeling is correct. Like, I'm not the only weird one that's really digging this match or really digging this superstar or really digging this performance. Having that live crowd is, is that confirmation. And, you know, it's also great for WWE and AEW because, you know, for for 16 months, you've kind of just been projecting who you think's getting over with the crowd, or who you think is trending in the right way. You know, now getting that live crowd feedback, which honestly, I don't think the first couple of shows will give you a true feeling for that, because I think fans are just are just happy that wrestling's back, and they may just cheer everybody. Um, but it's it's going to be sending that signal of yeah, we love this guy, or oh, we don't care that much about this guy, or. Hey, this storyline kind of sucks. Like, we get told that from the internet fans, but that live crowd reaction is always the best gauge of how something is actually working. So, like, I'm really excited for that aspect of back as well.
1: So, we're expecting a lot of surprises. There's rumors right now John Cena, Becky Lynch. Um, there's, uh, according to uh, reports here from Fightful Select, there's a surprise. <laughs> That uh, won't necessarily get me excited, but maybe with every all the energy that's taking place, it it, it could be different here, Dr. Trey. Uh, according to reports, the plan for SummerSlam as of today was for Goldberg to challenge WWE champion Bobby Lashley for the title. According to Fightful Select, Goldberg is set to return on Monday's live raw from Dallas, the first raw on the road since the COVID-19 pandemic hit, to set up the match with Lashley. Um, like I said before, so Goldberg, we're expecting maybe Cena, Becky Lynch to be back here. Your thoughts on the potential surprises, and if there's any other surprises that we could be missing that could be uh, that could be making our jaws drop over the next couple of days.
0: I mean, to me, it's still going to be you know, can you get the Rock to show up? You know, um, you know, he just he's got a new movie out, so it's good time to cross promote. Um, if you're still hoping for that eventual Roman Reigns Rock match, it'd be nice to go ahead and start laying the groundwork for it now ahead of time. I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do. I mean, we got so many shows coming up in Texas and we haven't, nobody's mentioned, you know, undertaker showing up. Like I think anytime you run a show in Texas, taker and Taker, JBL and Shawn Michaels are always people at the forefront of guys who might make those appearances because it's, you know, in their backyard. So, um, you know, any of those guys, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I really do think they're going to pull out <clears> to <throat> me all the stops, you know, for these next three shows to kind of, get the fans back into it. Everything else, AEW's kind of jumped ahead of them as far as that crowd feedback. So WWE has got to kind of bring it to kind of retake their, retake their land, so to speak.
1: Yeah, this is uh this going to be a lot of fun. So we'll see where the surprises go. um And then the big question here, Dr. Trey was, if we put a bow on this a week from today. You and I are sitting down. We're recap review and WWE money, in the bank this past weekend with WWE, Obviously, obviously everything going on in the World professional Wrestling, I just feel like a couple sprinkles of surprises are in there. Do you think you and I will be excited or let down?
0: Um, I, I would say if the rumored Goldberg thing happens, I think there'll be part of us that's let down about that. I don't really know anybody who's clamoring for a Goldberg-Lashley match, but I think overall the feel-good uh, of the weekend will override that if that does happen, but You know, I'm just really excited to see how these next three shows play out and and that live fan reaction, seeing signs back up, you know, everything like that. Like, that's always the fun part, you know. So if anybody's in the Texas area, you know, uh, drop an SRTU sign. I don't think, Jeff, or I would hate that.
1: No, 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 please do. Absolutely. That would be, uh, be amazing. So big week ahead of us, big weekend. I think, you know, even if you're not the biggest WWE fan in the world, I think as a wrestling fan, uh, as a person as, in general, I think this is a big celebratory weekend to you know look back at these last 16 months and and hopefully this is the end of that chapter. Um, you, you can never say never still because of every obviously everything that's going on. We're all still kind of walking on a little bit of a tightrope. The tightrope a little bit bigger than it was in the past, but um, feeling a little bit more confident as each day goes by and and uh, as we continue to learn things and and people are getting better from uh the pandemic so this is a good step in the right direction big weekend ahead here but goodbye thunderdome thanks for the memories but let's get the fans back in there and uh over under let's say two and a half weeks dr trey before you and i get pissed off at the fans again uh or are we gonna be so did. head over heels that we let a lot of their stupid this is awesome chance for like uh no reason at all just overtake us for the next short while
0: oh, i i, I. You know, I, I was going to say over, but I'm pretty sure the first time that R-Truth runs out there for the 24-7 title and you know, 15 guys chase him, the crowd chants, this is awesome, I'm going <laughs> to be pissed. Uh, but, so, I was going to say over just wait till the next pay-per-view, but no, I'm pretty sure, though, at some point we'll get a this-is-awesome chant over something very basic and simple, and I'll just be like, oh, no, you're blowing your wad too soon, you're shooting your shot way too soon, save it for the important stuff, kid. You know, do make them earn it. Make them earn that this is awesome. This is awesome. chance. so, for all you people in Dallas, make them earn it. Make
1: yeah, there was something last night during the um, the AEW show. Who did Gravara face last night? Uh, Wheeler Utah He faced. Yeah. And the fans started chanting, "This is awesome!" And I was like, "What? W- what am I missing here?" <laughs> I mean, I didn't think that, it, and it was like within the first three minutes of the match, and I heard, "This is awesome!" And I'm like, "Oh, they're back. Yeah. They're back."
0: I, I have, like, my, my new thing is, and I've done this at a couple of shows in the past. They, like, the, uh, instead of this is awesome, I started a this is quite good
1: chance. Mm.
0: Like, it's not like quite that. awesome level, but it's, it's, this is quite good. And it's it the same rhythmic chance, too, so you can actually pull it off. So just give them a this is quite good chance, and then they'll, they'll make them earn the awesome.
1: You know, I always thought this is awful should be picked up a little bit more, and you hear it from time to time, but uh, they don't do it as much as you'd hope they would. Um, so as the pandemic era potentially for WWE closes its doors this upcoming weekend, starting tomorrow night, uh, sad news a week ago um, uh, that uh, one of the MVPs, probably the female MVP. You can make an argument for the best wrestler during the pandemic era in general. Um, Bailey tore her ACL and will be out for nine Months. I mean, what? How cruel is this, Doctor Trey? One of the flag bearers of WWE during this time. I mean, the summer of Bailey, the summer of Bailey and Sasha Banks last year carried WWE uh, not only on Raw and SmackDown, but on NXT as well because Sasha was taken on Io Shirai uh, back at the Great American Bash. I think Bailey and Sasha did did a match as well. I want to say during that time, Um, but it's like.
0: I think it was Candace is it Candace and Eo they wrestled I think
1: so. I think so. But I mean they were they were on all three shows at one point, and here we are. The cruel nature of it all, Bailey an MVP during one of the hardest eras in professional wrestling history for WWE. The time that the fans are back out there, she tears her ACL, and we won't see her back until after two thousand until early two thousand twenty two. I mean, how I was just so upset to hear this because she deserved better for everything that she has done the last 16 months. In my opinion,
0: she does. Uh, Bailey during the pandemic era was phenomenal. I think to me, like you mentioned, Bailey and Sasha. I throw Oscar in the mix. The three of them really carried the women's division through the whole pandemic time. Um, And it sucks because like she's she's so good. And you know when she became a heel, we were all kind of like, I don't know if she can pull this off. Because of the huggable Bailey character, but she she's been fantastic in this role, and she keeps kind of tweaking and reinventing the character all throughout. And, and so, you know, I'm part of me like I'm bummed out about the injury, but then Jeff, you look at the timeline; it's like, oh, nine months that puts her back right at the Royal Rumble, and there are typically no bigger pops at Rumbles then someone returning from either injury or someone who's just been gone, like edge been gone for years. You get a Bailey rumble return and maybe a you know, a babyface Bailey coming out of it where she gets the, the hugger, but a little bit with the edge. That could be a really huge pop come Royal rumble 2022. If that's if that timeline works out that
1: way. Yeah, that's the hope, right? Um, that she's back in time for WrestleMania season. I, I don't, I think it's got to be right around that time, right? I mean, I think maybe January is a little bit early, unless she can get back really quickly. I have a feeling this is probably more like post-WrestleMania return. If
0: if you do the math, if you do the math, well, you're right, yeah, because for some reason I keep thinking March, because I think we said pandemic so many times, it might have March in my (laughs) head, so. It would be right around WrestleMania season, but, I mean, in the Rumble, you can kind of get away with stuff that because you're not really running the ropes, you're not you know, jumping from the top. You're not doing anything other than make your way to the ring, get in the ring, find a corner, and punch and kick. So, I mean, you can kind of hide somebody in a Rumble where you couldn't hide them in a singles match or a tag match. But, you know, even if you get Bailey to make an appearance, you know, at, at Rumble and, you know, kind of set the stage for whoever she wants to challenge at WrestleMania.
1: Well, I know, made the I'll case like, – uh, sorry, I made the case on Twitter – I think they should put Bailey on the announce, the commentary team with McAfee and, and Michael Cole.
0: Oh, that'd be so much fun. Like her her banter with Cole and her teaming up with McAfee against Cole. We might see Cole have a nervous breakdown.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think we're looking at yeah. uh, either a Royal Rumble uh, surprise appearance or like the night after WrestleMania appearance for Bailey. But this is just unfortunate news. Put her on the commentary team. She deserves better. After everything that she deserves, I think I mean all these superstars should get a hero welcome. But from a WWE perspective, I think Drew McIntyre, Bailey, Sasha Banks, Oscar, uh, like these are people. Bobby Lashley, they they deserve a hero's welcome. Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, like these are people that really carried the company during a very very rough time, and um, they deserve some massive praise for everything they've done over the past year. Bailey being a huge part of it. Huge pillar during a period of time that uh, we'll all never, 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 never forget. Um, as uh, the Bailey door closes on SmackDown for for the time being due to injury, uh, we de- did see some some folks make their way over from NXT last Friday. Dr. Trey as uh, the former formerly known as Shotzi Blackheart, now known as Shotzi, Tegan Knox, now known as Knox, and soon to be in a coming soon package, Tony Sorm are either on SmackDown or on their way to SmackDown. Uh, we also saw a potential trade where Mandy Rose went from Raw to NXT and Aaliyah is going from NXT to Raw. Um, my, my question on all of this is is why um, I'm confused because Shotzi and Knox is now a tag team when Shotzi and Ember Moon was a killer tag team. In NXT, like I agree, Shatzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, Tony Storm, yeah, they they should be featured on Raw SmackDown. I, I hate to see him always leave NXT, but I get it. But what I get so pissed off about is the fact that I'm told each and every week to sit down and watch NXT, and then when I watch these these wrestlers come from NXT and they go to Raw or SmackDown, ninety nine point nine times out of a hundred. I am supposed to believe, for completely forget about everything that they were about when they were in NXT. Like, what did Vincent move to drop Blackheart from Shotzi's name, drop Tegan from Tegan Knox's name um, as they debut there, and then pair them up as a tag team, which they never tagged before. So now Shotzi and Ember, no more. Shotzi and Knox with no reason whatsoever, they're a team. Tegan Knox finally returns after weeks of that cell phone battery vignette, Returns to get revenge against the Right. Now that, I guess, is um, just dropped now. Uh, Tony Storm is kind of like the perfect call-up here because she hasn't really been featured on NXT television in some time since, I want to say, like her loss to, was it EO in a title match? Maybe Zoe Stark before Stan deliver. So that makes sense. Uh, Mandy Rose on raw this past week, her and Dana Brooke confront Tamina and Natalia and they want a tag team title shot. So we're look like we're on a road for that. I guess that's not going to happen. Aaliyah who, uh, has like a thousand more losses than wins. While I agree that she's completely talented. She now gets a call up to raw. There's like a trade there. These moves just simply asked after trade, like why? And then as a fan, as an NXT fan, I just get pissed off that, like, I'm supposed to completely forget about like, what they did on NXT all the time, and I just feel like it's disrespectful to that brand ultimately. Your thoughts on all these moves, and do you have a similar feeling as, as I did as we look back at this past week and the moves that were potentially made here?
0: Yeah, I mean, the Tony Storm call-up I like, because you know, I've, I've been a Tony Storm fan since you know, her first appearance in the, the first May Young Classic. Um, you know, even back then, I was like, we don't really have the rocker Chick you know, on any of the brands, I thought it'd be a great move to bring her up, and she would kind of fit into that leader role that, you know, the Attitude fans grew up with. But now you're bringing up Tony and Shotzi, and it's kind... I don't want to say similar characters, but it is kind of similar characters. And then, like you said, Shotzi and Ember had this thing down. Their entrance was great. Their their tag team was great. The movesets were great. And then it's like, oh, yeah, but we're going to put her with Tegan Knox, who... Tiggy Knox, maybe the most one of the toughest women I've ever seen to come back from what three ACL injuries? Like, it's it's incredible. But to then pair her with Shotzi, like you said, who have never teamed, you're changing her name, you're tweaking all this stuff, and it's like paying no attention to the man behind the curtain. You know, it's 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 just baffling how they pull this off. The Mandy Aaliyah trade, like, what has Aaliyah actually ever done to deserve the call-up? Like I, I, like, when we talk about the, the best female wrestlers on NXT, I don't think Aaliyah gets mentioned in the top ten. So, not sure if it's just a somebody in the office was like, hey, she's cute. Bring her up to the main roster. But then, are you giving up on Mandy Rose by sending her to NXT? Because once you go to NXT, Jeff, we don't see a lot of people come back from NXT. Uh, so, it, it is a little bit baffling how all these things kind of lay out. And then, the name changes. Like, we're going to call her Knox because it rhymes with Mox. Like, I don't really get that. Like, let her have her name. And then, listen, like I said, I like Tegan Knox, but you're going to tell me Tegan Knox is more deserving to be called up than Dakota Kai. Like, that to me is really crazy. So, <laughs> it's, it's just... Um, I, I appreciate them trying to strengthen the women's division, because, you know, outside of the top, you know, a few women, it's, it's kind of been, you know, a little bit lackluster, the depth in the divisions, but... It just doesn't make a lot of sense, and it, it is kind of like, you know, we talk about the Marvel MCU stuff. It literally is like NXT is on its own different universe and timeline than the rest of WWE at times.
1: Yeah, I just uh, I think it's just disrespectful to the fans that uh, that watch it each and every week that you're just supposed to always forget about what they did in NXT. Um, Until just, it's convenient. Yeah, until it's convenient. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense at all. It would be the same thing if, if they call up Carrying Cross soon. I like. I just feel like once I saw Shotzi and Knox. By the way, speaking of Carrying Cross, I, I immediately thought that, like, when Carrying Cross gets called up, he's just going to be called Carrying, right? Like, Cross. or Cross. Yeah, it's going to be one of them, and Cross that's going to be his name.
0: Yeah, Cross versus Priest.
1: Yeah, it's 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 okay. one of those deals. No, I'm surprised that Damian Priest obviously got to keep his name. Maybe because yeah. Vince was like, no, we can't call him Damian, damn it. They'll confuse him for Jake the Snake Roberts. Snake, so, you know?
0: So, by the way, Damian, it's okay to call somebody Damian, but you can't say Blackheart. <laughs>
1: like, uh, you know, it's it's just the thing. Like, Shotzi and Ember were such a great tag team. Yeah. They really, truly were. And you have Shotzi uh, debut. And leaves way, her way, tag way. team partner behind to tag with Knox with no background or story whatsoever. Like, why are we doing this?
0: Hey, by the way, I'm, I'm waiting them for them to start spelling Shotzi like they spell Big E. Like her <laughs> name is literally
1: gonna be Shotzi. Yeah, dash with an I though, and a tilde for no reason.
0: I'm, I'm still waiting for Vince to actually make Ricochet Irish and call him Rick O'Shea.
1: <laughs> you said that I'm, before.
0: I'm am sticking with that joke because literally they they call him that on uh, Up Up Down Down.
1: So. I, I I think the best still is, you know, what was it? Three weeks of vignettes hyping up Tegan Knox's return. She finally returns at the Great American Bash to have the payoff to get revenge against Candice LeRae. Three days later, she debuts on SmackDown. There's no follow up the following week on on NXT, and she's gone. It, she's just gone. Like basically, Vince came in there and said, "Fuck you, Vince, uh, Triple H. You're this is done. I'm taking her. I don't care." At least, like
0: at least at least they followed up the indie Hartwell Dexter Loomis stuff.
1: And I thought that was dead for a while. Yeah. I thought Dexter Loomis was getting caught. Like, I was actually just thinking about that. I was thinking, it's funny how you bring that up, because I was thinking, like, man, I haven't seen Dexter Loomis on NXT television in a long time. And, and the whole Andy Hartwell thing, and pop, you know, he finally pops up. And then the other one was Bobby Fish. Like, Bobby Fish was, was going after Pete Dunn and Oni Lorkin. They were going to have a match. And then, like, I think they had the match. There was going to be a follow-up. There there was a vignette with him, like, kicking a, a punching bag. Uh, and I'm coming for you. And he disappeared for four weeks. And then pops up against Diamond Mine, so you know it's just bizarre. It tr- we just need more undisputed era guys from undisputed era guys to be feuding with one another, I guess, in NXT. So it's disappointing. We're, ultimately, we're like happy for the wrestlers, but we're just disappointed at the execution because, like, if 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 you're like Doctor Trey and I, and you invest all this time where you're watching Mondays, you're watching Tuesdays, you're watching Fridays for the WWE products, and then you watch. Somebody from the Tuesday product go to the Friday product, and I'm and you completely forget about the entire history and past of the wrestler on the Tuesday product. It's like, why the hell am I watching? Like, that's ultimately it. It's like, why do I watch? Like, especially when NXT, and I know it doesn't show this in viewership. To me, longtime wrestling fan, one of their best brands, if not the best brand, year in and year out, is NXT. It's like it's the most exciting, most energy, most fun. And we just don't give a shit when they leave NXT and and you just blow it all up. It's just bizarre, really bizarre. Such a WWE thing to do. You hate it. Like, I feel like when we look back in time, we're going to find out according to reports. I mean, we talked about it recently that they were going to go down the PC that Vince wanted more fresh, you know, new blood on the roster, wanted to swap some people out. Like, I don't think this is the end of it. Like, I think you're going to see some stars from Ron Smackdown make the way to NXT. You're going to see similar now in the male brands as well. Like I'm expecting Karen Cross and Bronson Reed in the next month or two, to be on Raw or SmackDown. Like, that's that's my expectation at this point. And you may see some names that are recognizable, like a Mandy Rose on Raw, come over to NXT and hopefully get a little bit more play than they were getting on Raw and SmackDown each week. But then again, in, uh, I think, two and a half months, the draft is coming. So Crazy theory here, but why don't you have Raw, SmackDown, and NXT all involved, oh. in it, and not just Raw and SmackDown, and do all that shit then? It, Shocking crazy I hate that that's a part like we just go from like excitement fans are back to here's the shitty booking like it just it just always goes back to that like no rhyme no reason completely forget about it be happy for the rest of us but forget about everything that you just watched the last eight months on NXT they're up here now no reason whatsoever Tegan and Chaty didn't even know they were friends but here they are now tag team with a logo and everything um Sab of news as we switch gears here. Uh, Earlier this week, Dr. Trey, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, uh, passed away at the age of 71, WWE Hall of Famer. Um, Orndorff joined WWE in 1983 and was tabbed as the Mr. Wonderful nickname by then-manager Rowdy Roddy Roddy Piper. Um, He made a memorable debut on January twenty-third, 1984, with a win over Salvatore Belimo at Madison Square Garden and launched right into the main event picture with matches against the world WWE champion Hulk Hogan. Mr. Wonderful achieved sports entertainment immortality by competing alongside Roddy Piper to face Hogan and Mr. Team in the main event in WrestleMania 1. Um, in the early 1990s, Mr. Wonderful began competing for WCW, which is where I, I as a young kid, remembered him. Uh, he became the television champion, winning the title on March 2nd, 1993, over Eric Watts in the tournament final. Um, he had a tag team with Paul Roma in 1994. I remember him having the mirror in that very memorable Mr. Wonderful theme song in WCW, where he would look at it. Uh, Orndorff was known as the master of the pile driver, became a trainer at the WCW's power plant where he uh, trained some future stars, including Mark Jindrak, Stacey Keebler, and Bill Goldberg. Uh, Sad news here, Dr. Trey is Mr. Wonderful, poor Paul Orndorff, passing away at the age of 71. He's been dealing with some health issues lately. Uh, I believe he had cancer and there was uh, either some form of dementia going on as well. Uh, Just sad news for for such, it's still so young, 71 years old. Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, unfortunately passing away this past week.
0: Yeah, like when, so I I really got into wrestling around WrestleMania 1, like that 1984, 85 is when I, as far as my WWE fame. And Mr. Wonderful was that guy to hate because in a lot of ways he was like the Bizarro version of Hulk Hogan, like incredible physique, but you know, he was that guy that you just wanted to hate because he's so cocky and so arrogant. you know, not always the best promo guy. That's why they had him with Piper. Then later with Bobby Heenan, but just phenomenal technical wrestler. And then had the look and the power to back it up. Um, and then you get down later in life, like the, the stuff with, with Paul Roma, WCW, the pretty wonderful tag team, you know, just, just a solid, solid career. Um, I wanted to tell this story. I thought about it this week after, after hearing about his passing and and you talk about, you know, so young. So about probably three and a half, four years ago, I had some friends of mine uh, that were booked on a big uh, independent show in Georgia. And it was one of these like superstar hero things where you had a bunch of legends coming in and then a bunch of like independent workers And, and Mr. Wonderful was on the show and, he was in decent health at the time. Like he was still able to kind of move around. He had, he used a cane, but he was still able to kind of get to move around. Well, the promoter of the show uh, got to the building, got everything started set up and then disappeared. And not just disappeared, but disappeared with everybody's money. And a bunch of guys started looking for him, tracked him down to his mother's house. And one of the guys went to Mr. Wonderful and told him, Hey, you know, we found this promoter. We know where he's at. You know, we're going to try to get our money. And Orndorff hopped in the truck with these guys and drove to the house and banged on the guy's door and said, "Listen, pal, if you don't get a, if you don't get me and the boys our money in the next thirty minutes, I'm kicking down this door and kicking your ass." At sixty seven years old, it's um, so many guys is awesome. just like blown away by like, you know, here's a guy who's a legend sticking up for all of them, you know, and it was one of those really just really funny stories. Like we I think that show happened on a Friday and some of those guys were booked at Rocket City the next night telling me that story. They're like how crazy it was. But, you know, like I said, like he's one of those guys that was just the quintessential heel. Uh, just the guy that you love to hate and just a beautiful, solid, great career. Um and and, and taught a lot of guys in business. So uh just sad to see him pass and then I thought somebody did a great post on Facebook showing like all the members of the Heenan family that have passed <sighs> on. I think somebody said... Um, I think the entire every,
1: Heenan family's gone.
0: Yeah, like except for Haku.
1: That's not, like, that's True, the yeah, I'm and happy. Barbarian, right?
0: But uh, I think somebody also said that like every one of Hogan's opponents for the first either four... Was, was Warrior WrestleMania 6?
1: He was seven. 6, yeah.
0: So every one of his opponents from WrestleMania 1 through 5 have now passed away. So just just crazy how the wrestling world works. It yeah. just shows you also like you know, guys like you and me that have been wrestling fans our entire lives, it doesn't seem that long ago at times about, you know, WrestleMania three, you know, WrestleMania five. It doesn't seem that long ago, but then you look and you're like, Man, that's really like thirty-five years ago, forty years ago. It's it's crazy how the time flows through the wrestling industry.
1: Yeah, I, I by the way, I'm remiss here. Uh, Barbarian was not part of the Hidden family, so Haku yet yeah, he is the only member left of the Heenan family, unfortunately, still with us. Um,
0: Brooklyn, well, Brooklyn Brawler, technically, also.
1: Yeah, and then I'm also seeing these photos of Barbarian with the Heenan family, so I think that's kind of up there. There's a whole bunch yeah. of them. There's also Blanchard and Arn Anderson, obviously.
0: But the core
1: 80s... War lowered.
0: You know, when, when you think of the yeah. Heenan family, you think of Andre Bundy, Orndorff, Mr. Perfect. You think of... Rick Rude. Members, or Bundy, you know, like I said, Bundy. You think of those core guys, Big John Studd. Big John, yep.
1: Yeah, they're all gone. And
0: and, and then later into the late 80s and 90s when you started getting the Hakus, the the Brooklyn Brawlers, the Brain Busters, those guys. But, you know, that Heenan family from, like, 84 through, like, 88. Like, that was the heel faction of of WWE.
1: Yeah, Orndorff was tabbed there, right? I think he had that – he was working as a babyface. And he was like Hulk Hogan's prote- protege, and then that led to what? I think it was not the big event. What? What was it in Toronto? Do you remember?
0: Uh, was it a Saturday night main event?
1: Maybe, maybe. Or I thought it I was sure something.
0: It was, in my opinion, just one of those. They used to do like the
1: war to settle movies. the score. No, that wasn't it.
0: No, they did. They used to do really big shows in Toronto to set up what they would do on Tuesday night Titans. For like a month you know they would do these big super shows I think it was either Saturday's main Night event or one of those tape shows for Titan to, to you know recap when you know, what happened it
1: was the big event that's what it was called <laughs> so August 28th 1986 Exhibition Stadium in Toronto, Ontario Canada it was a special house show and it drew a crowd over 74,000 fans which was an outdoor attendance record at the time uh, and it was featured on a VHS tape. Then it later popped up on the WWE Network, and it was headlined by Hulk Hogan defeating Paul Orndorff to uh, retain the WWF World WWE Championship. He won via disqualification. So that was the big event in Toronto, headlined around the Hogan-Orndorff feud at the time. So sad news, WWE Hall of Famer Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful, passing away at the age of 71. Thoughts and prayers going out to he and his family and friends and fans during this time. I hate to always talk about this when we lose a wrestling legend and we lost another one this past week in Mr. Wonderful. Uh, Dr. Trey, let's wrap up this week's edition of the show by giving our preview predictions for WWE Money in the Bank. It comes to you live. Boy, this has been a long time. I was even ill-prepared for this because I don't know where. Usually it's like it's coming to you live from the Thunderdome. But for the first time since Elimination Chamber 2020, I could sit here and say it comes to you live from Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth, Texas, this Sunday. Wow, that feels good to say. I was just ill prepared Come to you live from the Thunderdome, South Florida. That's what I've been saying the last couple of months. Um, let's get to the first match. AJ Styles and Omos defending against the Viking Raiders for the Raw Tag Team Championship. It was supposed to take place at this upcoming Monday's Raw. I figure that they move this match after the Bailey and uh, Bianca Belair match was removed from the card. I'm going to go with AJ Styles and almost retaining, Dr. Trey. What say you?
0: By the way, I really wish the first pay-per-view back was great balls of fire at Oof. the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth, Texas. What
1: a so, dream come but, true that would have been.
0: I know. It would have been fantastic. But you know, coming from the Dickies Arena uh, in Fort Worth, uh, this this is kind of a toss-up to me because I, I think they're going to keep AJ and almost together for a little while longer, but it's almost getting to that point where it's time for AJ to kind of break out and get back on his little singles run. Uh, but I, I think I'm going to take AJ and almost retaining just because I think it's probably going to be a few more months before they break these guys up.
1: Yeah, I was with you, on I almost picked the other team to pick the Viking Raiders because it's like, okay, for three months, these guys have done nothing as a tag team. Uh, next match, t- defending the Raw Women's Tag Championship, Rhea Ripley will be taking on Charlotte Flair. I'm going to go with Rhea Ripley in this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, kind of the... Uh, I, I don't know who to root for this match because it's been really weird booking. It's kind of like the... Like I'm a heel, but I can be a bigger heel. Well, let me one up you. Like it is kind of weird how they put this whole thing together, uh, but that leads me to believe that it's going to be Rhea Ripley, just because they, they you know, Charlotte's had a bunch of runs. Uh, if you have Charlotte win, who's her next challenger? I don't know if you have anybody available, so I'll take Rhea because you can. Everybody's still on the roster is kind of fresh for her to fight.
1: Uh, next match here for the WWE Championship: Bobby Lashley defends against Kofi Kingston. Going to this show before the the uh, Bill Goldberg report, I would have said, maybe there's a chance Kofi wins, wins and maybe we see Biggie win the money in the bank, cash in on Kofi. be a really cool moment, but we know that's not going to happen now because it appears Bill Goldberg's returning on Monday and we get that long-awaited matchup that Dr. Trey has been clamoring for, Goldberg versus Lashley. So I'm going to go with Bobby Lashley to retain.
0: Uh, I mean, that match should only be one-up if Shane McMahon somehow sneaks in with money in <laughs> the bank and cashes in on Bobby Lashley. Um, but... Yeah, like, with this one, like, there's part of me that, like, I'm with you. Like, I'm like, I can see Kofi winning mainly because trying to give him a little bit of a uh, of, of payback for the Brock Lesnar thing. But at the end of this, I, I, I'm going to take Lashley. Like, the dude's just a dominant champion. And you got Lashley Goldberg on the horizon. the you got Lashley Lesnar, perhaps, at WrestleMania. So I just don't see them taking the belt off Bobby right now.
1: Uh, next match here is the match for the WWE Universal Championship. Roman Reigns defends against Edge. I'm going to take Roman Reigns on this one.
0: This is bit, this actually to me was a bit harder to pick than I thought it was going to be because I've I kind of once again I can see them going different directions with this. I mean, but if the pay if the big money match is going to be Cena and Reigns at SummerSlam, then uh, you got to lean towards Roman Reigns because WWE will. For, will shoehorn a title into any match they can if they think it'll help make more money so you know title of the line Cena reigns at SummerSlams. that means reigns retains right now
1: okay I and mean, you never know reigns could drop it then win the 24 7 championship on friday
0: yeah but that isn't that edge doesn't recognize that belt so true, don't worry true, about
1: it. true that's true next match here for the um it's the money the Bank ladder match it's the women's match oscar naomi alexa bliss nikki ash Liv morgan's lena vega recently announced Natalia and announced this evening that Tamina will be the 8th person in this match. I'm going to take Alexa Bliss winning this one.
0: Yeah, are, are, were you a little surprised that it wasn't Sonya Deville?
1: I, I was. There was like rumors out there that she was going to be involved in the match.
0: I still think she might finagle her way into whether it, whether it's an injury angle or something like that, since she technically is on both brands. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm leaning Alexa Bliss as well, just because Alexa, Rhea would be interesting. Alexa, you know, playing mind games and all that stuff. But, and everybody else on the roster either think it's too soon or just wouldn't, you know, pop the crowd. So we'll go with Alexa.
1: And then finally, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match you have Ricochet, John Morrison, Riddle, Drew McIntyre, Big E, Kevin Owens, King Nakamura, and Seth Rollins. Uh, I think the easy pick here is Drew McIntyre. The dark horse picks are Big E and Riddle. Like I could see one of those winning, and I went back and forth between Riddle, Drew McIntyre, and Big E uh, up until the show. And uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here, Doctor Train. I'm going to pick Riddle to win the bunny win the Money in the Bank ladder match because I think it would be really entertaining seeing him hold the suitcase, the briefcase, for the next uh, couple of months. I mean, you've already heard him multiple times say he wants to cash in on the Raw Tag Team Championship. I think that would be funny if they did some sort of angle where he tries to do that, and they're like, "No, you you can't." Like. Um, you can, and I think there is something special growing with Riddle right now, especially with the fans coming back. So I'm going to go with Riddle to win this match.
0: Yeah, see, and the Riddle pick is great because you get Randy, who's kind of a heel at times. So you know his influence over Riddle and how he catches in. Um, I was, I was with you. Like it was either Drew Big E, or Riddle. I think I'll play Contrary, because I think we've agreed on almost every other match so far. So I'll take Big E. Uh, just because maybe Big E can cash in on Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam if they can't get Brock Lesnar available.
1: All right, so there you go. That is our WWE Money in the Bank preview and predictions. We will obviously recap, review the show on next week's week's edition of the podcast. Uh, with that said, let's get a couple pl- plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday at TheBowardShow.com, Russell Chatnet on Twitter, and the Still To Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Tell us comment charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff, and for Doctor Trey Franklin at the Doctor Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Doctor Trey Franklin this week?
0: Well, like Jeff, you can follow me on Twitter at the Doctor Trey. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook, Doctor Trey Franklin. When you're on Facebook, be sure to check out and City Championship Wrestling. They got a big show coming up this Saturday. Uh, Headline by the owner of Bear, uh, the owner Barry Koloff facing Jimmy Cicero, a 30 year veteran of the wrestling industry. So that would be a great match to check out. Uh, but just also go check out your local wrestling independent show so you too can see the people that AEW will sign and put on AEW Dark Elevation.
1: All right, so there you go. Support all the great things that support the Sto Real Tush show. And uh, more importantly, enjoy the weekend here. Uh, obviously, we had some fun with some of the current decisions WWE is making, but. This is a milestone weekend for, for all of us uh, as wrestling fans because this has been a long-awaited homecoming. It's like the last thing that we have uh, left waiting for is WWE to bring back fans. And that happens tomorrow night on Friday Night SmackDown. It's going to be a special weekend. It's going to be a special night of SmackDown, special night on, on Sunday for Money in the Bank, and a special night on Monday. So it'll be, it'll be nice. It's, uh, it's a reunion for all of us to get back there and get back to some normal. So we'll be back next week on July 22nd to recap and review everything that took place this past weekend. And, of course, WWE Money in the Bank. And just enjoy the weekend, folks. Enjoy what's coming with everything going on with the WWE Universe back in the sand. So until next week, for Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Peck. This is The Story of the Show. Yeah.
0: back, Bayside! They're taking school spirit... The fun's just getting started! ...to the max. This
1: is gonna be
0: awesome! Save by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Save by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy phase, go to PeacockTV.com and get started.